Welcome to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Straight talk, enthusiastic support, and heartfelt encouragement for you to open up to your sacred sexuality. And now your host, Leslie Blackburn. Welcome. I am excited to be sharing once again, as we do on this program each month. This is about really getting a chance to talk and openly explore on these topics of sexuality and consciousness and Tantra and whatever other topics, none really are too taboo, that may show up as we explore education, awareness, discussion, questions, and really let ourselves be authentically who we are. And it's So sometimes we're exploring stories, sometimes um, some guided meditations. We'll just see what may emerge as we move into today. And as always, we're going to begin with a little bit of plugging into our bodies. Mm, Slowing down, connecting with your body, with your breath. Allow yourself to be here now in this moment. See what it feels like as you, no matter where you are, whether you're seated, standing, lying down, take a moment. What's it like to take a moment, unplug from the rush, from the I have to do and do and do and go and go and go to simply be here now. Invite and exhale with some sound. Hmm. And notice your body, your belly, pelvis, pelvic floor. Acknowledge your root gates, the deep center of your pelvic floor, and allow your body to open to connect with the mother, with earth. Maybe even calling, beloved Mother Earth, help me to connect my body to you. The deep womb center of our pelvis, which I invite, is not only those that identify as women. All beings have a deep creative center in this deep space of the pelvis. What's it like to connect and plug into that deep creative center? Allow it the possibility to ground and plug in with the Mother And feel a sense, acknowledge a sense of ground, capability, stability. As we also invite an inhale, a sense of, "Mm, yes, more please, welcoming in the light, the life, the Father, divine, sacred, masculine, to come and meet divine, sacred, feminine in our body, to open to that downflow of golden light, the blanket of warmth that can envelop us if we allow it. What's it like to trust to open to receive that love as we open and allow our bodies to connect 
And then be gentle. Be gentle as we notice places that maybe resist or mm, struggle with that concept and just meet them with loving awareness without beating up, trying to change force or, or rip apart. Simply be with. And then a breath of gratitude for yourself for taking time for you. Mm, for slowing down, for being present, for simply beginning to notice your relationship with your body and the earth. Gratitude, gratitude. Thank you, Mother. Thank you, Spirit. Thank you for holding us safely. With deep gratitude, let's open eyes, return to the visual. And notice how you feel in your body at this moment. So this is sacred sexuality. And what we are exploring today is something that kind of came up recently in the context of something that is very connected with sexuality. And, um, and I'll actually describe this connection. But I want to share the story first. Um, that we came up more around food and actually food and receiving nourishment is really related to our sexuality, our presencing of connection. And uh, I'll talk about that in a moment. So this today's topic that the exploration for today is really what's it like to acknowledge when we can meet like authentic motivation in our bodies versus say the call to cheating and this comes from a story that I'll begin with by saying I was at this event. So first of all, a backstory of my, my journey with food. My journey with food has changed drastically over the past three years. And even prior to that, had been changing a lot over the decades of my life. You know, I grew up in the typical, for me, it was typical. Um, this may be, not be typical for all people, but it was pretty typical in the world that I lived in, which was um, America in the 70s and 80s and the foods that were available widely, which were mostly packaged and boxed and white flours and sugars and refined and processed. And, you know, okay, um, like my family did our best and et cetera, et cetera. But I still, I ate a lot of that in that world. And I also spent a lot of time drinking and binge drinking alcohol when I was very, very young, heading into college. And then even by the time I was actually legal age to drink, I was actually on the, the trajectory out of my drinking years. Thank goodness. Um, thank goodness for the completion anyway. Uh, not thank goodness for the time that I was in it. Although I guess everything has its way. But my point is, so I had all of this that plus um, huge stretches of time where I was drinking tons of Diet Coke. Diet Coke was my big thing in the, in the late 80s and early 90s. And so all of these things, I believe, contributed to some of the stuff I'm dealing with now. And um, frankly, was, uh, had shifted the way I ate and ate much more naturally, much less processed foods. But I was still eating a lot of things that, um, you know, like sugars and um, uh, different different, I won't get into the specifics of the food. So the point is I started to shift all that and it felt really good. And then I started to shift it really drastically with some spiritual guidance. And I went, Oh my gosh, I had no idea I could feel this good. Like you've got to be kidding me. And then I sought out a practitioner to help me navigate that. 
and long story short, have totally re-sculpted the way I eat from a very specific, authentic place where my body says yes to something or no to something. And I follow that wisdom from my body, which is completely different than how I ate in the 80s or 90s. And, um, and so it's totally new territory. But for me now, three years into it, it's really familiar and it's my norm. So now back to I'm in a situation where I'm in, uh, um, as always, you know, I'm at this function and any function that has, oh, we'll, we'll have dinner or food or whatever. Um, like 99% of the time, that means I have to bring my own. I can't ever eat anything at any other uh, traditional mainstream function, um, which has its frustrations. But man, I feel so good that it's totally worth it. It's worth that the investment in time for me, for my body. So here I am at this event and, you know, they have a lovely meal that involves lots of different pieces of catered stuff. You know, um, I saw like breaded chicken tenders and pastas and salads and breadsticks and things like this. And all of this stuff is stuff I can't eat. So as I'm sitting downstairs and I'm getting ready to eat what I'm going to be eating, you know, this woman comes up to me and she's, there's a plate of all of these. There's also a bunch of sweet treats everywhere, like little pretzels dipped in chocolate and cupcake towers and little clusters of cereal drizzled in sugary things. And again, none of which I can eat. And so she picks up one of the plates and sort of puts it in front of my face as an offering, like, Hey, would you like one? I'm like, no, thank you. And she goes, Oh, come on. You know, it's, uh, there, it's just such a sugary delight. And I said, yeah, I don't eat sugar. And she's like, oh, you don't eat sugar. Well, do you ever just grab a, a, a chocolate and, and pop it in your mouth anyway, and, and just see how you feel, you know, and like, and then feel what you feel afterwards. And I'm like, no, actually I don't. And it was this really interesting exchange. It was quite sweet. Um, where I realized she was just genuinely curious about, did I ever cheat on the way I was eating? And and I was just like, well, of course not. And she was like, well, of course you would. And I remember there's a time when I thought, well, of course I would. You know, there is absolutely a time in my life where if I would have tried something based on what somebody else was telling me to do, I would have very easily said, oh, well, I'm just going to do this anyway. Right. So somebody else is telling me to follow some X, Y or Z diet. Oh, I'm going to do that. But, oh, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to do this every now and then as a treat or I'm going to do this every now and then because I want to. Okay, but what I realize now, the difference and this was what kind of it it, it kind of surprised myself in a way, because now that doesn't even cross my mind, but I didn't really realize why. And this is what this is what we come back to today's topic, authentic motivation. And what it is, is this person wasn't aware, in my view, and maybe they were and just weren't needing it in this moment, but in my view, they weren't aware that it is really actually possible to be motivated from such a deeply authentic place in our bodies of what we know to be our truth and what we know to be aligned with what feels really good in the world, that why would we, why would we, quote, cheat from that? If I know my body and how it responds to sugar, and I know how crappy that feels for me, and I'm not saying everybody responds this way, but I know my body, then why would I choose to bring something in my body that I know feels so horrible? And, and, I, and so for me, it's, it's what I call authentically motivated. Like I, 
I, I am choosing the way I eat. I have, you know, sculpted the way I eat based on the needs of my specific body question. My body says yes or no to these things, not somebody else's diet, not somebody else's plan. You know, oh, you should follow the X, Y, or Z. And there's, you could name a ton of them out there, right? There's all sorts of ways that we can eat according to what somebody else's script is. But what I want to invite is the core is, is can we instead listen deeply to our bodies, start to recreate the relationship with our bodies in such a way that we now can trust the wisdom that we hear from our bodies and actually make decisions and align our lives to that. And that's the tricky part because it's often we've disconnected so much from our body and from plugging into the wisdom of our body and the earth and the, the energetics of the planet that we've, um, we're spinning around in our head and we're trying to do what logic tells us is right or what somebody else tells us is right or what societal standards say or norms. Because to really listen to what my body had to say means I am shucking a lot of societal norms out the window. And, and I've got to be okay with that because it's, it's hard, right? I'm bringing my own food to things. How awkward. You know, I had a restaurant even tell me uh, that I couldn't do it because it violated some code of having outside food in the place. And I'm like, I, it's not like I bought this at some other, it's not a kitchen. I didn't buy this. I made it. This is my, what I booked and the only way that I can come here and offer to buy the food for the other people that are with me is to, for me to nourish myself with my own food, right? So, okay, I hear you and I, I won't be back. Like, but I have to have the courage to say that. So, you know, it's tender because it can feel like um, awkward when you're walking this dance that you feel like you're solo on the planet and, and you, nobody else is doing it, right? Nobody else is eating this way or nobody, everybody else is doing it one other way. Well, you know what? That's okay, because my body and my body's needs are really important and I know how it feels when I don't honor them. And I would much rather align to what feels authentically right for my body than what somebody else or some normal, quote, societal situation says it should be. So let's take this and widen that because that was all about food. But, and food's easier to talk about. But what about in sexuality? and contact, and touch, and intimacy. It's the same principle that applies. Can we listen to our body in such a way that we can get authentic, genuine, true, our own truth of wisdom, and direction, and guidance from our bodies, from our connection with source, and with earth, that lets us and guides us into what is our yes, Versus what somebody else says we should do, what some societal structure says is, is okay or normal, or what, you know, what we think we should do based on the experiences of our, of our growing up. So what's it like to erase all that, to unplug from these things that say, oh, you have to do it this way, and really go, no, I'm going to listen to my own body's needs and wants and honor those. And come from this truly, authentically motivated space that says, yes, please here, or no, thank you there. The 
but it becomes much more clear when we can get that message from within instead of what somebody else tells us is right or wrong or good or bad or we should or shouldn't do. In fact, I'll invite that whole should and shouldn't. That's a good clue. If you feel like you have a little you know, creature sitting on your shoulder talking to you and, and this, this little voice is saying, you know, you really shouldn't do that or you really should do that, that those shoulds and shouldn'ts are a really good clue that that is a sensor. That is something that is talking to you from outside that is an, that is an influence that may not be what your authentic truth is. So that now when we're cheating, like if, if we say, well, don't you want to cheat and eat some, you know, eat something or don't you want to cheat and, and do something sexual that you think you want to do, but your body is saying no to, then it becomes clear like, no, I don't. Because the ramifications and the way my body's going to respond or feel about it later I don't want to, that doesn't feel attractive to me at all. And so not only the ramifications, but it's also that when I can follow that authentic yes, when I can follow what my body says is my truth and really meet that with confidence, now I open the door to realms of transcendence and connection and creation and manifestation that I never knew were possible because I'm meeting my body and my energy and my creative power with a place of awareness that I've never had before. That is what opens the power of our sexual energy. It's like letting ourselves trust and be in our power. We are amazing, powerful, divinely creative beings. When we can remember that, trust that, and actually meet our, meet our own human full capacity, or even fractions of our full capacity. This is a journey. I'm not saying there's some end point like, oh, yeah, you know, even for me with food, I've talked about like being in such a different place. I'm sure next year there's going to be another place that I am and another point on that journey. So, okay, great. But just to keep following it, can I keep listening? And um, I'm really delight in what I'm learning as a, as a, ah, yes, please. Like this is really authentically what is serving me right now and letting go of the things that don't authentically serve me. So now it becomes, what's it like to really recreate? Usually what happens is we've, we've, um, through our experiences and and societal pressures and all these norms and things that I've talked about, we've woven some way that we don't listen to our body. We disconnect, we numb out, we have these experiences of, of holding um, wants and needs at bay. We shove them down. We don't really listen to ourselves. Um, or we listen to other people's needs more than our own. That shows up a lot. And so what I'm going to invite is the key to this is really can we begin to recreate the relationship that we have to our bodies, to our own bodies, and to really start to form like, What's it like to listen to them differently? Because the core becomes then, if we're wanting to listen to authentic motivation, we have to begin to actually repattern what we're listening to for our guidance. And if it's just all these things outside us, we're going to be in this boat I'm talking about, which is nobody else outside you knows you. You know you. Only you know how to do you to the best of, of possibilities because you are the unique you. Nobody else can tell you that. So people can plant seeds and offer ideas, but how do you discern that? How do you sort and filter through these 
huge numbers of bits of information that are available in our era. You can look this up, like the, the, the trajectory of amounts of information available to us in this time and day, like from about 1950 to 1970 to 90s, that it is starting to, um, the amounts of information available to any human in their lifetime um, is, is beginning to absolutely skyrocket into as we reach 2000. And now like we're, it's just, you know, exponentially growing in these, in this just unfathomable acceleration rate because we have access to the way the internet links everyone together. So, you know, back in the early 1900s, the only way we had access to information was, you know, traveling on foot to share it, you know, and then there, then there became TV and things like, and these, these methods of sharing information, newspapers started to open that door, but still pretty slowly for a while until the internet age. And now it's so huge. So my point is with all of that, you know, flying at us, how it's even more important now, it's even more crucial. I believe it's the very nature of the core work we're working with on, on this planet is how can we be with, reconnect with and trust our bodies in a way that we can now discern what information is ours to meet and what is like stuff that we just don't even, it doesn't even need to take our time or our energy. Discernment, I believe, comes from can we plug in and listen deeply to our body? So let's explore that a little bit more after this short break. You are listening live to Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. Today is Tuesday, January 16th, 2018, and you are listening to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you would like to talk with Leslie live on the air, give us a call at 646-378-0378. That number again is 646-378-0378. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. motivation what's it like to really connect with the, the boundaries that we need or the yeses or nos in our in our realm of touch and contact or to navigate our relationship agreements what it looks like as we are in intimate relationship and how does that what do we hold together and what how do we what do we agree in terms of how we connect with other people all of these things are connected with this very core principle of meeting our, our motivation authentically from within versus what somebody else says is right or wrong. And that shows up, for example, in relationships really commonly as well. Right now, many, many, many people, myself included, early on in my life, you know, assume, oh, I'm supposed to grow up and get married to somebody of the opposite gender and then, you know, have babies or get married and married means once we're married that we don't ever connect with anybody outside of our marriage 
um, in any sort of intimate contact way. So, you know, that would be a bad thing if we were to do that. And, oh, let's see, what else does marriage say? Marriage assumes it's, it's boy, girl. I'm, I'm talking old days. I know that that's shifting. Yay. Anyway, it assumes boy, girl. It assumes that you're going to want to, um, once you get married and quote, settle down, you're going to build like a home together and probably land in one spot and one or both partners are going to have careers. And then you're going to get this list of stuff, which includes maybe the car and the house and maybe the summer house, depending boats, toys, you know, and, and you're going to go and do the um, family thing. So, you know, when are you going to have a baby? How many babies are you going to have? You know, and then blah, 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 blah. So there's this trajectory that gets assumed and it, and it has a set of um, rules that are sort of uh, often unspoken, really often unspoken, as much as we think that they're so important and purposeful, like what, like do, do we really talk about what our relationship agreements are when we're in a traditional marriage? Usually not. There's just this base assumption and, um, and, and that it, that assumption has, you know, whatever that looks like to each person, which can look different to each person, by the way, when you get down into the nitty gritty of it. So it's really interesting to me that that's just, that's the funnel that we tend to, to go into when we're in sort of a traditional view of the world. And I did that. Um, and I did that for many years and I just, it never quite felt right, but I never exactly knew why. And uh, so I just walked it, you know, Oh, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to get married. Oh, I'm supposed to get married in a church. Even though I didn't have any sort of alignment with the church, I was like, well, I guess I got to pick one. So we, it literally just walked that path. And it's really interesting as I look back on it, um, how, how that looked. So um, what I'm inviting is I now know looking back at myself during that time, how disconnected I was from my body and I think that that's a really big part of why I was sort of seeking and searching and questing for like approval and guidance from outside of me. Like clearly, as soon as I do this next thing, somebody's going to think that, you know, I'm good enough or, or whatever. So there was like this constant drive for seeking approval outside of me and, and, you know, doing so much in my life focused around that, around seeking certifications and, and, you know, degrees and accomplishments and competitive awards and blah, 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 blah. And, and so I did that and, you know, great. It served a purpose. It actually, um, you know, I'm grateful for the times in my lives where I learned the ways that I could get things done when I needed to get things done. And it was really very much driven from a place of me seeking and searching outside of me. And so it wasn't super sustainable. And I remember if we come back to the food analogy, I remember being in a place of wanting to lose weight. I was about 50 pounds overweight over the weight that I felt was probably going to be good, which ended up being about right. And the, and so I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm follow this diet that somebody says I should do this thing. And so I did that thing and it was starting to work, but it never, like it was, a, it was, it was driven from outside me. Somebody, you know, I'm, I'm following what somebody prescribes. I should do this. So as I do this, it was working. 
like, okay, well, then I better keep doing this. But it was never authentic. It wasn't coming from my body in a real clear way. It was like this script. And I, I just was, there was almost like this constant worry that if I fell off the script, if I didn't do, if I took one bite wrong, that it, I put all the weight back on. It, so it had this real um, sense of non-sustainability of like, it's not really me. It's, it's me driving me and I'm going to screw it up any minute. And um, the reality is I did lose the weight and um, then gained some of it back over years and, blah, blah, and up and down and up and down in this unsustainable way until later when I started to really plug into my body. And it, and it came for me through beginnings, through a spiritual awakening that was very much connected with pregnancy and birth of my daughter, which I've shared that story before. And this idea that, wow, I can't just keep driving through life or forcing or trying to run it, I have to let go into allowing. And that applied in relationship with my body. Can I allow and meet the wisdom of my body as a guide? And I wouldn't have been able to say that then, even, even during that time. But as I've met it over these years, what comes to me now is that's exactly what was happening. Letting myself plug back in the energetic being that I am feels safe and good and accept all parts of who I am to be right here, right now, connected with my body. That's a big deal. It's often really, really hard to do that. So I'm putting words around something that can sound like, oh, yeah, well, that sounds really easy. How come it doesn't feel so easy? Well, it doesn't. It's not easy because it's a body level thing. So the words I'm using are a word thing. Words and anal analysis and thinking and planning are all really masculine energies. Again, masculine is not a gender thing. This is not about male, female. It's about our active principle and our thinker planner side. We all have it. We all have access to it through our bodies, no matter how we identify in gender. Yet the balance to that, the complement is the piece of us that <sighs> can slow down, open, allow, surrender, feel, be, allow. These qualities, these qualities don't have words. These qualities are in the realm of being, sounding, moving, breathing, the ways that we can relate and learn that aren't cognitive. And we've, we've trained ourselves into the cognitive way, the very masculine way, because that's, again, the way our Western society, anyway, is set up. School systems, financial systems, educational systems, political systems, everything is set up around goal-oriented, get things done, you know, analytical processing, linear thought. It's all about rewarding the do. That's a part of it, but it's missing a huge chunk of value. The value of being, feeling, allowing, emoting, letting ourselves meet the experience of our body, meet the energy in our body, move the emotions. The emotions are portals to our power if we allow them to be, if we stop shoving them away and tamping them down into the tissues of our body, can we meet the experience that we may have held two decades ago or more, that we may have held with deep intelligence, this, the way that our body holds information is deeply intelligent, 
You know, it is this divine presence that says, I gotcha, I'm going to hold you right now in a way that best limits the impact of this situation on your system to the best balance, the most ease. Yes, I got you. That's a big deal that we can meet and relate with divine energy in such a way that we can be held in that safest sense, even when we move through big stuff. So that can be in the whole spectrum of whether it was when we were yelled at when we were a little kid or told we were too sensitive or, you know, maybe parents that were emotionally absent. But it can also be the big, like, abuse and rape and trauma and things, car accidents, surgeries, ways that our bodies have been violated, knowingly or unknowingly, and that we meet that experience in the best way our little being knows how to do it. And how awesome is that? So when we're now, when, when we rewind forward back to what we're talking about today, authentic motivation, it's no wonder that there are times we don't trust our body. We were told and trained not to, you know, we're disconnected. We're told to put your shoes on, don't you, you know, and, and so we stay disconnected as little kids as we're playing in the ground, you know, don't put that in your mouth. All this stuff where we're, we're trained not to relate in the world with the way that we're sort of intuitively guided to meet and roll around and play and experience very viscerally, we're sort of trained to disconnect from that. And, uh, and, and we're trained to, to pull away from experience and to pull away from sensation and not to touch. And it's these things, these ways that we stay plugged in and present to what our body has to say. And then we're often trained against any wisdom of our body. You know, I remember screaming in pain uh, as something happened, a very deep trauma to my tailbone. And that the answer my mom could give me was, oh, stop crying, you'll be fine. You know, so just shove it away. That was the, that was the, the wisdom. Just shove it away. Don't think about it. Don't talk about it. And I get it. It's no, it's no disrespect to our parents that did the best they could. We often just don't know how to meet that. It scares us when we see a little kid in such pain. How do we help them? We want to do something. And the reality is we don't have to do anything, but we can hold space and let them meet sensations and the feelings in the body and encourage them that those sensations are real. And they, it's okay to trust their bodies. And we don't get that. So my invitation is how do we, so how do we, how do we do this? So authentic motivation. Okay, great. Intellectually, maybe we've talked about it today. We're going, yep, I agree. I'm signing up. I want to do that. How do I let myself feel my motivation from an authentic place instead of this sort of someone told me and it feels less, less, um, uh, authentic. And now, you know, I'll just cheat. I'll just do his thing. Cause like, I, I need to do it this way. Well, to me, the journey of that is the journey of the path of sacred sexuality. Can we slow way down with love and respect to actually feel and meet the needs of the wisdom of our body? Can we Ah, check in with the sensory experience. What are we noticing in a moment about our body? What does it have to say? Can we give it space to be heard? Once we hear it, can we trust it in a way to go, okay, I hear you. I'm going to do my best to honor your message. 
and to do our best to discern what that message is. And acknowledge we may not know. We may find ourselves feeling silly or uncomfortable to try to actually listen. But to meet all of that, to notice the judgment that comes up and set it aside and go, this is important. Instead of judging myself for the places that feel tight or uncomfortable or painful, can I hold those painful spaces in a simple space of accepting love? And as we do, what happens? How does it change? What do we notice? And as we promise to do our best to listen to our body, and then we do, what do we notice? In what ways does our body say what it thinks of that? Like, what ways do we feel better? In what ways do we feel different? And to celebrate that, to say, wow, you know, I'm doing this. I'm doing this by choice, by listening to my body. And in what ways do we feel guided then to get support, to like ask for different perspectives and ways of viewing the world that we can bring into our body experience? Because yes, of course, even though we're not doing things in the authentic path to me, it's not just, it, it, yes, we're turning our awareness inward, but there's still a relating. We still relate with the world. How do we now relate in a different way? How do we now notice when we resonate with different teachers or guides <clears throat> that may be formal teachers or guides, like this is work that I do and I offer in my path and I offer private sessions and classes and things. So yes, that's one, that's one option is to reach out for support professionally, but it's also just how do we relate with other beings? Who steps into our life? In what way do our private personal interrelationships change? Friends that kind of fall away, new friends that open up, new doors that open up. Listening to these is a part of that journey. How do we relate differently with different people? Are we being invited by the universe to stand up for ourselves right now in this particular relationship because we're getting squashed down? Is part of our lesson then speak our truth or to hold our ground? Is part of the lesson to find some compassion for ourselves in how we're relating? Do we feel like we're always in the same pattern all the time? You know, what can we, how can we meet and listen to messages of the body to guide us? That's how we can create our connection with authentic motivation. And the more we practice that, the more it becomes clearer. And so that the messages become like, oh, yeah, I know this versus I'm not sure. I think it might be this, but it might be this. And then we play with that. Okay, it might be this. It might be this. We practice, we experience, we explore, and we find, oh, yeah, I'm not sure that that was the one that I wanted, you know, and then we, okay, we learn and we make a shift and a change. But the, I invite the more we align with listening, the more that the universe sort of says, okay, what about this? And we meet that, the more we get support, like support just steps in. You know, we take one step towards spirit and spirit takes seven steps back at us. The way I've heard that, I heard that once. I love that little phrase. Because that's to me what it feels like. The willingness, the intention to follow this is actually, you know, 90% of it. And then get less worried about the specifics and more let yourself recreate your relationship with your body in a way that you're building trust. Playful curiosity. Ah, oh, body, okay, what am I noticing today? How can I feel? 
oh, I'm feeling a little tightness across my abdomen and my belly. Ah, can I take a breath here? Oh, I take a breath and I notice a softening, a widening, a warmth that spreads across the front of my womb space down into my pubic bone, across my belly, into the sides near my hip bones, and I feel soft and warm. And those cues go, oh, yeah, 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 that extra breath, that slowing down, that's what I needed. So inviting, just cracking open the door to that as an exploration today. And what I want to invite is explore new things. If you feel like you're stuck in a pattern and you feel like life is is sort of driving you instead of you creating it, what's it like to open some new doors? To really get a chance to practice new ways of relating? It can be really hard, although I invite possible, totally possible, to invite new ways of relating with current connections. But what's it like to make some new connections, to find and meet some new ways of relating and trust and, oh, what do you know, right? And one way to do that is to connect with things you love. You know, what is it that you love doing? What is your joy barometer? Like I, I call it joy barometer. Um, what is it that you meet joy? And, and, you know, I ask some people this in my work, and, and often we don't know as adults. We've, we've gotten so disconnected from what brings us joy. We've been just driving the, the um bus of life or whatever, the, the jet plane of life so fast that we have no clue. We left joy behind long, long ago. So, okay, take a moment, reflect back when you were five, what made you smile? What made you giddy? What did you just geek out on doing? You know, was it coloring with vibrant colors? Was it finger painting, you know, squishing paint around with your fingers and hands all over the paper or rolling around in the yard or whatever it was, starting to connect with the joy, maybe being in nature, looking at frogs, you know, whatever those pieces were and let yourself create ways to reconnect with that. Maybe it's take a painting class or buy some new colored pencils and a journal and let yourself bring some color to the page without expectation. Those types of things and one of those things, so the, there have been so many embodied practices as I started to wake up to all of this and started to meet my life. Um, spirit guided me into all sorts of things, aerial arts and yoga and contact improv and ecstatic dance and Thai body work and all of these practices that I could start to meet my body in new ways. And it was so delightful to do that. And I'm excited to share actually that there's an event coming up in Ann Arbor that I'm honored to be a part of, and it's a collaboration of a bunch of different practitioners and workshops, and all of them are amazing, the, um, that brings all of those types of things together, sound therapy and movement and breath work, all of these great practices, yoga, Thai body work, contact improv, ecstatic dance. My workshops are going to be around sacred sexuality and how, how, do, we, how do we create freedom in sacred play? And then I'm going to offer a snuggle party. You know, what's it like to come together and in a structured way meet and connect with and snuggle, like really snuggle and rest in body contact. Often this is something that we don't let ourselves do except for in the context of sex. So repatterning that to say, 
hey, these are basic touch human needs. It's really lovely to meet and rest in contact with another body. How can we do that in a way that feels really good? So that'll be part of the weekend as well. My partner, my love, Dixon, is also performing Dixon's violin the, um, the Saturday night of that weekend. So this is manifestation at the weekend workshop. And I just had to talk about it a little bit because it brings together the very thing I'm talking about here. What's it like to meet our body and to listen to it and unwind the places that no longer serve, but open and make space for the ecstatic presence that we can tap into. That's the nature of this very whole weekend. And getting a chance to meet new people, meet people with like minds or people who are willing to see things a different way. If you feel stuck in those places, this is it. I've had so many people ask, where do I go to meet people with like-minded ways? And this is the way. So it's manifestation February 2nd to 4th. And it's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And there are, you can join for the weekend. There are day passes. And all of this is available at, um, in my newsletter, I've shared about it, and it's also available online. And if you can't find it, you feel free to drop me an email and I will point you the way. So it's on Facebook. It's called Manifestation by Inner Ascension. And I encourage you to, and I think that website actually, innerascension.info may be the one that actually takes you there directly. But if you can't find it, Go to my website, leslieblackburn.com, and ask me about it. February 2nd to 4th in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Now, those, um, in addition to all of that, there's also um, the deep presence of listening to our own bodies and following this either in our personal path and or in a path of teaching and sharing with others. And I am also getting ready. We are in the process of the circle now forming and gathering where I teach my deepest medicine. And this just fills my heart and my body and my belly with joy. Um, the sacred sexuality shamanic apprenticeship that's coming up February and March. And it's at a new venue, a new location in Southfield, Michigan, which is awesome. Um, and that experience is a deep journey. It's if you're feeling called and willing to look inside if you're feeling the call to bring the nature of sexuality and sacred sexuality into your teachings, whatever that may be, I've had people join this circle who have backgrounds in psychotherapy or traditional body work or um, even in the medical community that are looking to expand how they meet sexuality and intimacy and contact um, in their, in their work and, or, working and developing their own path of what's it like to be a sacred sexual healer, a transformational guide, or, you know, bring their work into the world in some way in their own unique way. And that's a part of what I offer supporting is how can we meet this authentic purpose within our bodies? And especially when that authentic purpose is feeling the alignment towards the sexual path, what's it like to really meet that and bring it into the world? Um, it's, it's got some unique challenges, and that's a bit of what we explore during this apprenticeship. So if you're feeling that call, also reach out to me at leslieblackburn.com. So today, then, as we are wrapping up with our topic of authentically motivated, I'm going to invite us to come into a practice so that we can begin. What is this journey of meeting that authentic motivation from within our bodies? So after this short break, we'll come back and explore a bit more. 
Thank you for joining us today. You are listening live to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Leslie has a new website where you can find radio podcasts, videocasts, and more free resources at leslieblackburn.com. The website is mobile-friendly and also has the full class and event schedule, information on private sessions, mailing list sign-up, and much more, again, at leslieblackburn.com. Leslie offers private sessions and has helped many hundreds of individuals and couples over years on their path of sacred sexuality. Sessions are available either in person or by Skype or phone. See details on the website under Classes and Coaching. The manifestation event that Leslie mentioned takes place February 2nd through the 4th in Ann Arbor, Michigan. See details at innerascension.info. That's inner, I-N-N-E-R, ascension, A-S-C-E-N-S-I-O-N, dot info. Announcing the next Sacred Sexuality Shamanic Apprenticeship. If you have been seeking a way to deepen your own practice, learn more about connecting with and sharing your own authentic gift with the world, or teaching in the realm of sacred sexuality, and if you are present and ready to accept the responsibility of looking deeply within, then this apprenticeship is for you. Register by January 29th. See the website for details. There are also a couple of options for home study practices. Sacred sexuality classes on four new topics are now available by video. You can purchase access to these at the website. And the Tantric Energy Touch Workshop is available as an audio CD. Order online at the website. The best way to get announcements about upcoming events, as well as inspirational stories, videos, and radio show archives, is to subscribe to the email newsletter by clicking on the link on the website, leslieblackburn.com. Also, Leslie's Sacred Sexuality videocast airs monthly. You can choose your level of involvement, whether you want to be a part of the conversation live or sit back and take it in. See details at the website to join in. The next videocast is Wednesday, February 7th. Reminder that Leslie's available for speaking engagements. More information at the website, leslieblackburn.com. And now, back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. Hmm. Yay. Thank you, my love. Ah, so I invite us now. What's it like? to turn awareness inward, to feel your body. And perhaps for the first time, or perhaps this is not new, perhaps this is a journey that you're already embarking upon, what's it like to deeply listen to your body? Mm, Invite and exhale with sound. Feel your belly. Notice your pelvic floor. There's a diamond shape from your pubic bone back to each sit bone on each side and then back to your tailbone, this coccygeal plexus at the rear. That diamond shape of pelvic floor has the root gates, the gates of our connection with root, with earth, with with, with the body. Letting yourself open those root gates, perineum at the center. 
feel the ground, the connection, call to once again the earth. Hands at your lower belly below the navel to bring some awareness that yes, yes, in this deep pelvic bowl, bring your awareness there. Earth Mother, Beloved Mother, help me to connect my womb to your womb. Help me to feel my body. Mm, And as you ground, connect, invite in. Yes, please, come in and light me up. Allow mm, the ecstatic currents of the earth, of the planet to come in, open, invite your body to have space. And let it cultivate a bit. Breaths into the womb. Swirling, opening, mm, warming. Mm. And noticing places where this feels awkward, uncomfortable. If making sound feels weird or silly, notice this and meet it. It's okay to make sound. There's a reason we make sound. Yes, please move the energy. Hi, 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 coughs, burps, whatever way. Mm, Sometimes the pathway of energy through our body gets some stagnation. We can clear, make space. Hi, hi, hi. So, first, as we open and let the connection happen in our womb. Think of it as cultivating energy there, swirling the energy, the sakem, the shakti, so many ways we can relate with energy. And then draw it up, draw it up the central channel, the sashumna, the jed pillar. The, uh, there's so many ways, again, we can relate with these different energetic parts of our body. But allow a sipping, Ooh, a drawing up, maybe through pursed lips. Ah, up the central channel and into the heart, perhaps. Ah. And then exhale, let it release out and up. And then drop your awareness back down into the belly, the pelvis. So this practice that we're doing, we're doing little pieces of many practices that really any one of these sections takes exploration all on its own. Can we cultivate the energy in our womb and just sit with that? Can we then start to draw it up the body and each, each place of, of the body, each chakra sometimes will have different bits of information to communicate. So I'm inviting kind of a practice that pulls it all together, but notice if it feels difficult or awkward that, Hey, meet it wherever it is for you. As we drop back down in the pelvis, we're going to do another draw all the way up through. Think of this like an infinity loop, figure eight, where we're crossing over at the heart, connecting up the third eye, the centers of the brain, back down through the heart and back into the womb, linking our heart, mind, and womb wisdom together. So beginning this infinity breath. Hmm. 
and let yourself feel what it feels like to meet that in your body, to feel the transmission of this possibility. To feel and connect with your wisdom in your body, acknowledging your power within you, And to feel this connection of the wisdom of our womb, heart, and mind. Mm. And then listen. <clears throat> Bring your hands to your to the lower belly below the navel. Check in with your pelvic bowl and ask. Ask a question. What do you need to know right now? Or ask your body, what is it that you're asking me to see? And just plug in, ask the question, drop it into your womb, and open to receive the answer. Ah, trust. Trust any tidbits of wisdom that come in. Trust sounds, sensations, knowings, feelings. What does your body have to say? And resting in this, breathing in that infinity loop, resting your awareness into, back into your pelvis, asking the question, sitting with that, and when it feels complete, maybe take some time to write in your journal on what you're noticing and what's coming through. And then do your best and even write it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, body. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Please allow me the wisdom and I do my best to listen. So promise yourself that. With deep gratitude, namaste. Thank you for joining us today for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. To contact Leslie, please visit her website, leslieblackburn.com. Leslie is available for private sessions, and you can find out more information about this at the website. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and have a beautiful day. Join us again next time for continued support on your path of self-realization. The power is within you to heal your body, connect deeply with others, manifest your heart's desires, and experience your deepest bliss. By our healing, we impact others, inspiring love for humanity and the planet. Thank you for joining us for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn.